All right, Galatians 6, we're going to just kind of walk through verse 9 and 10 tonight, Lord willing. I want to talk to you about overcoming weariness. Uh, we're going to get back to our foundation study. I just, I just couldn't quite get back to normal. Uh, anybody besides me being kind of restless in their spirit? Over everything. It's just kind of hard to do normal right now, isn't it? Just kind of hard. Um, and, you know, as, as Paul prayed just a moment ago, we, we just want truth to come out. I mean, if the truth is something we don't like, it's still the truth. We're fine with that to some degree. You know, um, but that's all we want. We just don't want to make sure there's no chicanery, no craziness, nonsense going on. So just keep praying over that. And, uh, you, you know, you may want to cut back on your news intake. I, I've had to basically cut mine out for a little while. And just had to cut it off. And uh, I, it looks like I may be cutting it off for the next four years, but that, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll see. But, but let's be in prayer about these things. Amen. And so I, I kind of wanted to just address us over these subjects about overcoming weariness. Uh, you know, I want you to listen for yourself. Take it in however you need it. Uh, but also listen for somebody else because there's a lot of people in our lives that are just dealing with a lot of weariness, a lot of things. I mean, we, we have been bombed with one thing after another, you know. Uh, weariness is contagious. You know, it kind of walks through a, a family and a church and it kind of just shadows over a community. It's trying to overshadow our nation. But you know something else that's contagious? Uh, joy is contagious. Peace is contagious. Hope is contagious. So let, let's... Let's, somebody said one time, let's be hope dealers. You know, let's, let's, let's give away hope, you know, that, that kind of thing, which we're going to impart to other people. So let, let's read verses 9 and 10 of Galatians 6, and then let's just kind of talk about it just a little bit. All right. Paul says this. He says, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. You know, th these are just troublesome times. I don't have to tell you that. Everybody's going through it. Uh, but even on top of all the national stuff with the COVID stuff and all the election and all the, the strife and politics that's been flying around over the last many months now, um, we've got all of our personal stuff going on too. You know, we've got family struggles still. We've got all the, the work and the economy and financial financial struggles and maybe you have some health issues you're dealing with so so many times all these difficulties just seem to pile up and pile up and it's it's like it's like we all have like that bridge limit sign you know they usually have signs on bridges that says weight limit is is this many many pounds well we all have a weight limit sign on us too we, we don't even know what it says sometimes and we can take a little bit more than we think we can but we all have a weight limit what we can handle and what we can carry and, you know, many are approaching that kind of breaking point. Sometimes weariness just gets, gets on you and it accumulates. But here's the truth of us as believers. We're not hopeless and we're not helpless in this fight. And, and this idea of overcoming weariness, we've got to learn to overcome it. This first phrase right here in this verse says, and let us not grow weary. Let's just deal with that word weary just for a moment. It's the idea of losing motivation. You ever gone through a season in life where you just kind of, your motivation just went right out the window. You just didn't have any get up to go and get up. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? We, we've all been there. We've all gone through that. It's this idea where discouragement comes. And sometimes discouragement doesn't just come. Discouragement will take you to a place where you can't seem to get out of it. And he says, don't grow weary. Don't, don't, let, don't lose heart. Don't give up. 
in this idea of doing good. Let us not grow weary. So we've, we've got this idea of, of weariness. But isn't it interesting that he said that weariness is, can become a, like a growing problem. It's this idea that it doesn't just come and then you take a nap. This thing he's talking about, it just a nap won't get rid of it necessarily. That this becomes a growing problem and, and weariness comes and visits and then it ends up staying and it becomes this growing problem where you have a disappointment or you have a setback or you, you have a discouragement that comes your way or a problem or something that you don't have a solution for right now. And it just, just kind of, and, and next thing you know, it's, it's this and then it's, then it's this kid. And then next thing I know, I got something in the mail, a bill from the school. And then I got this other thing over here with work that's going on. And it just kind of is, is like a growing problem. And all these unresolved issues in our lives can, can tend to accumulate and it can become a growing problem. And that, that comes to that point of, of uh, weariness of soul to where we just want to just bow down and, and give up, trying to push us to that, that breaking point again. So weariness and discouragement, that, those are real issues. And probably in our nation today, we, there's probably more of this going on than any of us even realize. Aren't you just tired of it? I mean, we're just all tired of it. There's no doubt about it. He says, don't let us grow weary in doing well. All right. Now. What are, what are some of the things that cause us to be weary? Weary of soul. T talk to me just for a second. What what's some things that cause us to be weary of soul? Talk to me. Sometimes myself just feel like I'm not accomplishing. All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's frustrating when you put a lot of effort in and it's like you're just spinning your wheels, isn't it? All right, let's just call that spinning my wheels. Well, I can't write on this thing. Let's see. There we go. All right, anybody else? What you got? The little things. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the proverb says that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, isn't it? So it's, it's just kind of a, the accumulation of all the little things that come up that kind of add to, to the weight of things. And they're not major, but by the time you get two or three little things on you, you're like, oh, okay. mm -hmm. and more of the pile of yeah. So it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. I, that's my writing it. I went, I went to public school, y'all. Just what it is. <laughs> anybody? Anybody else? What, what, what are some of the things that just kind of just kind of grind on us? What, what else? Well, we got work. Work can be that kind of kind of a downer, isn't it? Never enough. <laughs> yeah, that's the public school. Enough. That's the Facebook version, texting version. <laughs> I did that. Comparison, yeah, exactly, exactly. And scripture says if we compare ourselves with each other, we're not wise in doing that, you know, because everybody's got a little different game going on, you know, little different seasons of life, you know, all that kind of. We well, get the point. There are a lot of things, and, and so how do we act when we're weary? 
how do we act when we get kind of on edge like that and it gets heavy? How do, what, what are, what's our response? Mad? You get angry? You, oh, you said sad. Oh, I'm stuck on mad. Okay, sad. We'll go with sad. <laughs> Certainly, it can, it can weight you down to where you're just sad. It's just kind of like this dark cloud just kind of comes over you and you just carry it with you everywhere you go. You kind of get on edge. Frustrated. Get frustrated. And that's where kind of some of the anger comes in. You get frustrated. And it's not that you're going to like go over the top, but every, it's kind of like that pressure cooker. Y'all know those pressure cookers? Mama used to cook all the stuff in the pressure cooker. And she'd lock that thing down. She'd put that little, and it would just come out. The steam would just come out little spots and spurts. Well, that's kind of what frustration does to you. It kind of builds up all that pressure. And then, you know, it comes off at the cash register. It comes off when you get in the car and the radio don't respond right and your phone ain't right. You lose signal and it just comes out on the kids. It, come, it just goes out everywhere. There's little frustrations. Of course, you can get to that anger point where it breaks and you explode. You know, you can do that kind of thing too. That's more the dynamite thing. So we act differently when we're weary, don't we? Hmm. All right, well, you get the point. Now, he says, don't grow weary. Don't, don't let this happen to you. So there must be some control we have as to some degree. We, we can't control, what's the old adage? We, you can't always control what comes to you, but you can always control how you respond to it. So we're not helpless in this idea. And he says, I want you to concentrate on not growing weary, not giving up, not losing motivation while doing good. While doing good. So we're, we're in the business of doing good. You know that? that that's, that's, our, that's God's business. In fact, when God created everything, the, the, the word that keeps popping up in Genesis chapter 1 after creation is God looked at it and he says, that's, that's good. That's good. That's good. He said it several times. And, and then one day he said, that's very good. That, I like that a lot. That's good. God is in the business of doing good. Good is kind of his word. Now, in, in, in the life of Jesus, in Acts 10, 38, it says this. It's, it's kind of a summary of Jesus' life. It says, Peter preaching here in Cornelius' house. He says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So anytime you see that, that word, that idea of doing good, he went about doing good, it, it's saying that the Creator's back again. He's come and he's going around and making good on his good creation again. He's doing good. So it's not just that Jesus was going around being nice to everybody. It's actually saying that he's coming as a fulfillment. We've we've got a problem with all the goodness. Something's taken over all the goodness. Jesus comes back and he shows us what doing good looks like. So Jesus was in the doing good business. And we are too. It's our business to do good. Living in a bad world, doing good is not an easy job. You know, doing good in a bad world is not appreciated usually. You see what they did to Jesus over that. But Jesus says we're in that business too. In Matthew 5, he says this, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. They may see your good works. Where's that word again? Good. They can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So really what our adversary wants to do is he wants to shut the family business down and cause us to get so weary in our soul and give up and lose motivation, like, kind of like, what's the use? You know, a couple comments about that. I, I've, I've done, what, what's the use? What's my little two cents worth? That's just a, what we may say, a spit in the ocean, so to speak. What, what's, so, what's so important about me doing what I need to do? The enemy comes 
and wants to shut down the family business, which is the business of doing good. What happens in this world, or what happens in your family, what happens in our church, what happens in our community, if the business of doing good shuts down? What happens? What's left, what's going to take over? The bad, the sin. And we're seeing that a lot in our nation today. All right? Now, so we can't let them shut the family business down. We just can't do it. So Paul's admonition to us, he says, do, do not grow weary in this business of doing good. Don't do it. Don't, we can't let him shut the business down. If he shuts the business down, then we're all in trouble. All right? Now, here, here's some behaviors that intensify weariness. Just four quick things. I'm not going to really linger on too much of it. If you're going through a hard spot and you're discouraged and you're weary, these things will make it worse, although they lie to you. Your feelings kind of want to go there naturally. Withdrawing from fellowship with the Lord. That, that's, that's oftentimes, a, I know I have to struggle with that at times. If I get down and de depressed, I, I don't even want to talk to God sometimes. It's like sometimes I want to blame him, you know. Can I be that transparent about that kind of thing? Or, or question him about what's going on. I've, I've learned to govern that a little bit and put it in the form of a question <laughs> a little bit more respectful than I used to in my younger days. But withdrawing from fellowship with the Lord is going to intensify the weirdness, I promise you. Failure to feed your inner man with the word, that's going to intensify your weariness. Withdrawing from fellowship with the saints. And we've got a real problem with that right now. And Facebook is not fellowship. I don't care what nobody says. Everybody's your friends, that ain't really your friends. Y'all know that, don't you? <laughs> you already know that, you know that. So withdrawing from fellowship with the saints. But that's a tendency when you get down and discouraged is to withdraw. It's withdraw into yourself and you become self-centered. That, that, and that's a poison. That's a poison. Because you can't do good as long as your eyes are on you. You can't do it. All right? But just, just be aware of that. Just be warned of that. So weirdness causes us to give in. We can give in to sin. We can give in to temptation. We can give in to fear and doubt and all kinds of other things that tend to anxieties and stuff. that just, we, can, we can just give in to it. Or we can just all of a sudden just throw in the chips and say, I give up. Some folks get in these positions and they give up their faith. They give up their hope, at least for themselves. They give up on relationships and many people give up on God. So don't let weariness cause you to give in or give up. Let's go through these three insights right here. A couple of them are going to be in this verse and another one's going to be in Psalm 27. There's three insights to overcoming weariness. And this is just one of my favorite passages right here in Galatians 6. The first thing I want you to know is to stir up hope. It's to stir up your hope. Stir it up. Don't just let it sit dormant. Remind yourself of the hope that we have in God. He, he talks about some of that hope right here. In due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. If we don't give up. In due season. Now think about that idea of due season. That's kind of a farming term, isn't it? It's kind of like, like farming. You know, farmers got the most faith in the world. They throw a seed in the ground and they just have faith that that is going to produce what it's going to produce. And they're going to have to trust God to bring the rains. They're going to have to trust God to bring the winds that cause everything to strengthen up. They're going to trust God to, to activate the soil and the seed to work all this miracle that it does. A farmer's got a lot of faith. Got a lot of faith. So he's talking about this idea that as doing good is, is the idea of planting the seed that we know that if we plant the right seeds... 
that we're going to see it in due season. Some of it's going to grow up. Maybe not all of it, but in due season. Due, in due season, that's kind of a timing issue, right? See, in this, this business of doing good, we don't always see everything instantaneous. That, that's a problem. It's a problem for us. But what we have to do is have faith to know that God's good for what we do. He's going to honor what we do in faith and in His name. And we've got to have patience. The patience of, of a farmer. What good would it do if a farmer would plant the seed and he got worried about that seed and he went over there and he, he went over and dug that seed up and wanted to see if it's doing anything? What would happen to that seed? You know. He says in due season. It's, so it's a timing. It, it takes a little bit of time in this doing good business. Sometimes it takes a lifetime, to be honest with you. He says, the promise is we shall reap. And the idea is to reap a good harvest. To reap a good harvest. Now, we're, we're going to believe that we're going to reap a harvest in this life. But we also know that we're also laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. In fact, Jesus says it like this about some of our doing good. It, it, it gives an odd statement right here. He says, when you go about doing all your good stuff, he says, don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. Hmm. Hmm. So he teaches, teaches us a little bit of how to, how, to, how to do good. Is that we're, we're, we're going to reap, but we're, we're going to do the sowing of seed in such a way that we're not trying to just get honor from people. But we're going to do good and we're going to do it in such a way that we're doing as unto the Lord. So we shall reap. We shall reap. Do the right thing. We're going to get the right results. We're going to believe that. Now, we may have to believe that for eternity's sake. We're laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. All right. The king and his kingdom will come. So stir up hope. Listen to what David says right here about this idea of hope. Psalm 27. Verse 13 says this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hmm. You think about that. I, I would have just gave up unless I believed that I would see in my lifetime, I'd see the goodness of the Lord. Now, how that manifests itself, we'll let God work all that out. But we have to maintain a posture of faith to believe that our doing good matters. It does matter. It matters in your relationship to God. It matters in your relationship to your family. It matters to our church. It matters to our community. Every act of doing good, every act of obedience, all the way down, Jesus said, to the most simplest of things of giving away somebody a cold cup of water, he said, it all will matter. It all matters. We're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Second thing is, goes into verse 14 of that same psalm is learning to wait on the Lord. So stir up your hope. Wait upon the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Verse 14 says this. All right, coming back out of 13 there, he says, Believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, when we hear the word wait, we think about this watch, and i got 10 more minutes to get to my appointment. I, I, I'm... It's, but it's more than a timing word in the Bible. It's not really even dealing with timing much at all, really. The idea of wait means to bind together. 
or to intertwine as if we we had let's say we had two ropes and we wanted to bind them or, or weight had them, them weighted together we would take those ropes and we would intertwine them together that's the idea of the word weight now it says to wait on the lord now what does that mean intertwine your life with the lord i mean put him in charge of everything Give him first consideration in everything. Talk to him about everything. Involve him into your life in everything, from the littlest of things to the biggest of things, from those small decisions to the, the big transition decisions we've got to make. Learn to intertwine your life with the Lord. Make him a part of everything you do. Be conscious and aware of his presence in every moment of your life. So that's the idea. And he says, when you learn to wait on the Lord... Something happens to you, courage comes to you. Courage comes to you. Strength comes to your heart. He says, wait, intertwine your life with the Lord. Now, what are some, how are some practical things, that, or excuse me, what are some practical things we can do to, to intertwine our lives with the Lord, to wait on Him? What, what are some practical things? Meet with Him every day. Meet with Him. Meet with Him. It's good to have a time and a spot if you can. What else? And talk to him throughout the day. Talk to him throughout the day. That's right. Just don't leave him on the shelf when you left the house. He goes with you, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. That's good. What else? Just read his word. I mean, that's been a lot of comfort for me. Read his word. Amen. That's good. Read his word. Get his words in you. Let it, let it intertwine into your thoughts. Begin to shape you. Fashion you. What else? Pray to pray. Pray without ceasing, kind of that thing, like Sandy said, throughout the day, you know, pray without ceasing. And the idea of pray without ceasing is kind of keeping that line open, you know, keeping it open where you can talk to him about anything. But, but if he needs to get information to you, of a, a word of wisdom or direction or just a nudge to, to speak to a person or a word, give somebody a word of encouragement, whatever it might be, he can, the, the communication line is open, not from just me to him, but from him to me as well, you know. Mm. Be quiet. That's good. So all these things. We, we incorporate all of these things and probably a, a hundred other ones if we took time to, to think through it. But learning to wait upon the Lord. Now listen to the promise here, which you've, you've probably heard this passage before. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord, again, what's the word for wait? What's, what's the definition? To intertwine. Kind of to wrap lives together. To wrap your life in with his life, in with him. But those who intertwine themselves with the Lord shall renew their strength. Because if your life is intertwined with, with the Lord, you're just not running on Ron's strength or Ron's wisdom or Ron's knowledge. You're just not running on your own stuff. Your life is now tied up, tangled up, wrapped up in God, they say. You know, that, that kind of deal. And so now I, I don't just have to live off of my own personal resources, which I do have some. We got some experiences and things like that. But I found out that it's never enough. But if I'm intertwined with him, now I can work with his knowledge. I can work with his wisdom. I can work with his insight and his strength. You know, that kind of thing. His courage. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. So we stir up our hope. We wait upon the Lord. And here, here's kind of an odd 
solution to this weariness problem. He says this in verse number 10. He says to do good to someone. Oh, wait a minute now. I'm the one tired and wore out. And you tell me that part of the solution to get rid of my weariness of soul. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking a day off. There's nothing wrong with taking a nap. There's nothing wrong with disengaging for a short season, uh, for refreshing and rest. The Bible talks a lot about rest. But if you rest too long, now you're withdrawn. <laughs> you have withdrawn from fellowship and all kinds of things. So he says to do good to someone is part of the solution to not growing in this weariness problem. Listen to what he says. So as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now think about this now. He's speaking to people who are tired. And tiredness is coming on them. And not just tired like you're physically tired, you had a long day. You know what I'm talking about. That, that, that thing that begins to come roosting in your soul to where it's kind of wanting to pull you away from everything. And pull you out of this doing good business. He says, what I want you to do, instead of pulling back when you're feeling that, he said, I want you to look for an opportunity. Here's something about weariness. The more I worry about my weariness, the more weary I get. And the more self-introspective I get, the worse that intensifies. Anybody that's ever dealt with any kind of depression and things like that, you know how that intensifies. The more you go in, the more you go dark. You know what I'm talking about? We, we, most of us have probably been there. Some may struggle that, with that more than others. But he says, what I want you to do to fight off this problem is to look for an opportunity. Huh. I, I, I'm thinking about this this afternoon. I, I wonder how many opportunities, when I'm weary and my head is down, I wonder how many opportunities I miss. We're not, we're not throwing rocks. We, we all missed a bunch of opportunities. Probably missed a bunch today, actually. But it, it, it takes a lot. It takes a person who is outside of themselves looking for an opportunity. It takes a spiritual person to do that now. Look for an opportunity. And the idea is an opportunity to do good to somebody. We're going through a lot. You, probably, you may be going through more than some of the others. But part of the solution, part of the believer's solution, is to look for an opportunity to help somebody else. And it's not that we're doing it to get out of the hole, but it's part of the solution to get out. You see what I'm talking about? Look for an opportunity to do good. Especially to those of the household of faith. Especially to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Especially. wonder why he would say that. I mean, do good to all. As we have, let us do good to all. That, that's understood. Everybody needs a little help. But especially, why would he say especially to believers? To those who are in, in our family of faith, our household of faith. Why would he say especially to believers? Uh, brother or sister in Christ that is more weary 
That's good. That's good. That's good. So there's, there's just a special kind of heaviness that comes on believers. You know, we've got all the world, all the problems of every, everyday life. We've got work and finances and kids and family and all the, the different things. But we've also got this, this good fight of faith to do, which intensifies. In fact, in our nation, if certain things keep going down this course it's going, it's going to intensify a lot. A lot of persecution, a lot of things. It's happening already, you know. You know, some of the things I've said over the last few weeks in church, you know, just going through the Elijah story and talking about some of that. Do you realize that some of those things I've said and have shared over the last few months, actually, on the books right now, it is considered or can be enforced as things that are illegal to say in our country. You know, those laws are already in the books already. While we were asleep and they were doing all the nasty stuff, getting things prepared. I'm just saying, it, it, the course is kind of set to bring the pressure. Lord, I mean, they're talking about politics now. They're talking about keeping a list of all the folks that were Trump supporters and all this kind of stuff. This is insane. That's craziness. What, why do you think they would do that? Well, because they want to put some pressure some places. It's coming to people of faith more in this country. We've just slipped down a real slippery slope. Our brothers and sisters, see, because, see, they're, they're in this family business of doing good with us. And if we can get everybody, imagine what would be happening in our community, in our church family, if everybody got involved in the doing good business. I mean, we've got a lot of folks that are good at being good. We've got a lot of folks that are bad at being good. And are good at being bad. <laughs> you know, we just do. But what if everybody got involved? I mean, you, you think about this. I mean, that's, that's part of our calling is to wake up every single day and try to do good in some shape, form, or fashion through our jobs, through, through our conversations, through our generosity, through whatever it might be. We are called to wake up every single day and find these opportunities to do good. That's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. It'd make a big, huge difference. Because, see, we, did, we just didn't come here, Sandy and I, we just didn't come here just to, you know, talk a few things out with you and have a few services and all that kind of stuff. We, we came here really to hoping to make a difference, you know, to whatever we could, to get this doing good everywhere we go, to try to do good. Now, let's just become more aware of that business we're in, you know what I mean? So part of our solution, not the whole solution, but part of the solution is, is to look for these opportunities, especially among the believers, but it's not limited to that, but especially among our household of faith. Look for these opportunities to do good. And you will be amazed at what it'll do for God and his kingdom. You'll also be amazed at what it'll do for you. It's kind of strange though, isn't it? Isn't it strange that in and part of God's solution to get rid of the weariness of your soul is to do his work. <laughs> we do it not, not in our own strength. We, we do it with the power of the Spirit. But, but there's something about 
this idea of work rejuvenates. The work of God rejuvenates. In fact, they come to Jesus. They thought he was going to fall out. They hadn't eaten anything. And Jesus looks at them and says, you know what? I've got meat that you don't even know about. You don't know anything about what I'm feasting on. And Jesus, while he wasn't eating a cheeseburger, but his soul was being fed because he was doing exactly what God told him to do. I want you to find that place. Amen. All right, I think I'm pretty much done. Stir up hope, wait on the Lord, do good. Do good to somebody, amen? Find those opportunities. Let me read that passage one more time before we go. Read it all together, all right? So let us not grow weary. Don't get in this growing, stop this growing problem. Stop it. I want to give up and be discouraged and withdraw from doing good. Stop that. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunities all around us, everywhere we go, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Amen? Amen. Let, let's do that. Find somebody. I mean, you know, the world is, is, is a difficult place. You know that. It's a nasty place. It can be cutthroat. You know that. Part of God's solution to help heal his broken world is that we are people who do good everywhere we go. Do it. Do it with your words. If, you, if you're blessed financially and can, be generous with your finances. I would say this. No matter what level of finances you're on, be generous with your finances. Whatever that means. Let God tell you what that means. Be generous everywhere you go. You know, generosity is a state of the heart. It's not just a state of the wallet or your bank account. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, I mean, some, no kidding. I've, I've, I've been all over the world. Some of the most generous people I've ever met had far less than I ever had. It's crazy how it works. Because, see, ge generosity is in here. This idea of doing good for people. I mean, these people got two tortillas. They'll give you both of them. I mean, it's not like one for me, one for you. They'll give you both of them. I mean, it's just craziness. Do good. Do good. We're, we're part of the counterculture. Our world is going in the wrong direction. I mean, people are fussing, complaining, fussing, cussing about everything. Somebody's got to step into this equation that's about to go down, and it's not going to be good when it levels out. Somebody's got to step in and bring some goodness into it all. You hear me? Look for these opportunities. Any, anybody? Questions, comments before we go? Oh. Yes, ma'am. Not to state why, but I was under the English night convention. Oh, good. 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 Well, just, just, you know, fight off that weirdness. Fight it off. And if you need to talk about it, you need prayer for it, um, we'd be more than glad to pray with you. Strengthen. Brother Ron, if the Christians don't know that who's going to do it, we don't step out. If, if, Well, that's exactly what she said. If you didn't hear, if the Christians don't do it, who is going to do it? That's actually got an answer to it. If we don't do it, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Because it's a good God working through his good people to do good works that helps make our world a better place. And, and just to talk about what Dawn and Carol said earlier about... 
it, it seems like sometimes that we, what, what good is it if I say a kind thing to that lady at the cash register or, or that man that's running that business or at, at Lowe's? What, what good is it? Let me tell you, every act of goodness and obedience matters. If it doesn't matter to anybody but you and God and your relationship with him, that, that matters. But it, you never know where that seed's going to land. You never know how it's going to be planted in somebody. And see, seeds are, this idea of doing good, it, it comes in seed form. You know, we all talk about if we won the lottery, you know, we'd pay off this or we'd give this or we'd buy all our family SUVs, you know, Escalades and all this kind of stuff, whatever you would do, I don't know. But we all have kind of played some of that game. If I had more money, I'd give more. Well, that's not reality. <laughs> reality is to start where you are and use those seeds. See, seeds are little bitty things, not these big things. I mean, hey, it's great. If you want to pay off the house, pay off the house. If you get the means to do it, do, what, do the big stuff. That's great. But things change through small seeds planted. And then we wait for the due season, and we hope for a good harvest, right? So do those little things. If you've got the ability to do it, family across the restaurant over there, pay for their dinner and go out the door. Don't, they don't, don't even need to know who did it. <laughs> you know? You go to the restaurant, leave a little extra tip. I know you got your calculator out trying to find out what 10% looked like and all this stuff. And all, you move a decimal point over here. Just round it up. Put mo two more dollars on it, round it up, bless that, that waiter, waiter, waitress. You know, bless them. Be, be generous with everything you got. Main thing is with your words. Because if you're not generous with your words, your generosity with your pocketbook ain't going to matter. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, just do good. We good? Anybody else? We need some help in this doing good business, don't we? <laughs> we need some help. Lord, help us. We need your strength. Holy Spirit, we need your power. We need you to strengthen our hearts. We've been through a lot, which you well know. Uh, some are still going through a lot. A lot of things accumulating on them. Need, need your help. We need your strength. Help us, Lord, to rekindle our flame, to do your work. Help us to do good. Now, and I pray that you just give us eyes. We, we, we have eyes to see all of our difficulties. We certainly have eyes to see all the problems in the world from time to time. But, Lord, what we need is eyes to see opportunities all around us. Opportunities to help somebody who really may be going through it. Somebody who really may need a word. Somebody who really may need encouragement or groceries or, or whatever it might be. Help us to see those opportunities. And I, I pray that tomorrow, just so we know we're working with you without a shot of a doubt that you can use us. I pray that by this time tomorrow, you would have laid in front of all of us. Those watching on Facebook, all of us here, you would laid in front of us an opportunity that we seized and we can see how we can help in this doing good business. Help us, Lord. Especially to our church family. In the name of Jesus, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. 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 Amen.